Talk Radio 77 WABC. Curtis Lewa. Curtis Lewa. Rip and Reed. Check this out. This is the Rip and Reed featuring Curtis Lewa. Talking about. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. This is the Rip and Reed. Our life together is so precious. Together we have grown. We have grown. Although our love is still special. Let's take a chance and fly away. The anniversary of the execution, assassination of John Lennon. Outside of the Dakota, 72nd Central Park West, I pass it often. And right across the street, if you want to go in there today, in Central Park is Strawberry Fields. They have a little sort of, um, I guess you could say a pendant on the ground and a lot of Beatles fans, Lennon fans will come and play the guitar and they'll uh, share their memories and play their songs. And it's a good feeling you get at Strawberry Fields. But um, the one thing is I always hated the Beatles with a passion. Hated the Beatles. Like John Lennon because he was a rebel with a cause. But could not for the life of me understand how the hell He hooked up with Yoko Ono, who, I got to tell you, uh, Dick Cheney, forget the waterboarding of Al-Qaeda prisoners in Gitmo that you used to love to do. You should have just subjected them to sleep deprivation in a room and play Yoko Ono classics. Now, what a yenta she was, right? And still is. She's alive. She left the Dakota. She moved upstate. Well, you say to yourself, what the hell attracted John Lennon, Yoko Ono, and he insisted on doing music with her where she would just be like doing that banshee well. Oh, and by the way, for many of you who still love John Lennon, With the protests that go up and down Central Park West now, you remember, uh, Justin Ellick, you were chasing some skirts there at that Support the Israel Day um, gathering, uh, which is on Central Park West, uh, north of the Dakota. And you've seen the pro-Palestinian demonstrations, uh, pro-Hamas demonstrations. Where do you think John Lennon and Yoko Ono would have been? Which which group? They would have been with the uh, pro-Hamas, pro-Palestinian demonstrations. Not to suggest they would have supported the pogrom of Hamas. But there's no way, no way that they would have been supporting uh, Israel. No way based on their politics. I'm sorry to disappoint you, Justin Ellen. 
But now I want to tell you about John Lennon's stories. Everybody's telling a story. We've all heard those stories. Yeah, Howard Cosell broke into Monday Night Football. If I hear it again, Sid, I'm going to impale myself with the microphone. How many times can you tell the same story? John Lennon, while at the Dakota, would listen to talk radio. He would listen to talk radio. And in listening to talk radio at the time, the number one talk radio station was down the dial, WMCA, where now you have to pay a dollar a holler for all those mail-order reverence. It's the religious station of Salem. But back then, it was owned by R. Peter Strauss, one of the last family-owned operated stations in the nation. And R. Peter Strauss's claim to fame was that he was the stepfather of Monica Lewinsky and Justin Ellick, you like this, when he was asked, what do you think about Bill Clinton taking advantage of your stepdaughter as an intern? He said, without blinking an eyelash, Bill Clinton is a great supporter of Israel. He could have his way with my stepdaughter anytime. Yeah! But anyway, it was a family-owned operation. And what, what John Lennon would do is listen to the King of Talk Radio in the afternoon, Bob Grant, and go absolutely eclectic, go nuts. By the way, he had another reason to want to walk out of the Dakota and walk around because he'd have to listen to his wife Yoko Ono practicing... Enough, enough, that's enough torture. I give up. I'll give you all the secrets you want. So anyway, here's John Lennon. He's stuck in this huge apartment in the Dakota. His wife, Yoko, practicing. It's driving him nuts. He's listening to Bob Grant, uh, conservative, very entertaining, the king of talk radio. It's driving him nuts. So he would walk around the city by himself. That was a time you'd see Mickey Mantle, half in the bag, walking over to his bar restaurant there on Central Park South. You'd see Walt Clyde Frazier walking up on the Upper East Side. You'd see Joe Willie Namath. They didn't have an entourage. They didn't have security. You'd see Reggie Jackson walking around on his own, right? Well, that was later, excuse me. Uh, Let me me, uh, get that up to snuff there. So anyway, the point being is, Celebrities, people well-known, would walk around by themselves. The day that Lennon got executed, it was over. And let me tell you about John Lennon. Bob Grant, the king of talk radio, would drive him so crazy in what he was saying that he would walk over to the old WMCA, which was located in 56th and 6th. Now, this is before you had security and you had a show ID, you know, before the attack of 9-11. And he would come up to the guy sitting at the desk and he'd say, uh, I want to go upstairs. I want to talk to Alex Bennett, who was the host at night, the total opposite of Bob Grant. In fact, Alex Bennett had the song, You Want to Be a Bird. You know, uh, wrong way, Lou Rafina, who sang that. I know that was in uh, Easy Rider. You want to be a bird, right? It's one of the great trivia questions of all time. That was his theme song. This guy was so left that when Sin Q of the Symbionese Liberation Army with uh, Tanya Hurst, remember Patty Hurst, declared war on America, he supported that. 
You're talking about free speech radio, right? They advocated the overthrow of America. So anyway, he's ranting and raving about liberal, progressive, radical causes. And you know who his board operator was, uh, Justin Ellick? Wrong way, Lou Ruffino. Dynamite! Yes! Jimmy Walker from the Bronx had one of the greatest sitcoms of all time as we sit shiver for the man who created them all. That was good times, uh, who died... uh, this uh, week at 101. By the way, a little side note, he went to uh, Tilden High School. Uh, my mother went to Tilden High School the same year. They weren't in the same class, but uh, I think in the same graduating group. Tilden High School off Kings Highway in Brooklyn. See, you learn something about the creator of not just all in the family, good times. Jimmy Dynamite Walker, number one in America. Sitcom, right? About the projects in the south side of Chicago. But at that time, he was the board operator. He went on to become a comedy writer for some of the great shows. And then later on in life, a talk show host, yes, in Omaha, Nebraska. How the hell did he become a talk show host? Anyway, the point being is, John Lennon would knock on the door. Jimmy Walker would leave the board because at night you only had two people. You had the board operator who would also screen calls. And you had the host, in this case, Alex Bennett. And so Jimmy Walker goes to Alex Bennett and he says, John Lennon wants to come on. Alex Bennett said, come on, John Lennon, is, he's not outside. Are you sure? Have you been, have you been smoking, uh, back then we'd call it ragweed. He said, no, I'm telling you it's John Lennon. He wants to come on. Get out of here. Bring him in here. And he saw John Lennon. And John Lennon came on with Alex Bennett, Do You Want to Be a Bird?, the most radical talk show host ever. He was more radical than the host at WBAI that oftentimes advocated the overthrow of America, freeform radio. And they had a discussion, and Justin Ellick, you know, was like, why do you have Bob Grant on the air? <laughs> oh, the man loved talk radio. So now, as Paul Harvey would say, you heard the rest of the story. How John Lennon had to escape his apartment because Yoko Ono was practicing her screaming, her, her just banshee wails. I give it up. It was Sid Rosenberg. Sid Rosenberg did it. I'm going to rat him out. And then, of course, his rage against Bob Grant. The age of freedom of movement in the city of New York died on the night that John Lennon, who had uh, autographed, as you so aptly pointed out, Catcher in a Rye, the book earlier of his Assassin, then only to be executed later and to die on the streets of New York City. That age of innocence and freedom to roam pretty much ended. Now tell me, there's nobody else who told a story like that about John Lennon. That's why you listen to Rip and Read. And today is also what would have been the birthday of Jim Morrison. My famous, uh, excuse me, my most favorite rock and roller of all time. And the Doors. And let me tell you something, uh, my wife Nancy also. How ironic, she's a millennial of her her age, I don't know. It's like Frank Morano, it's an enigma. 
But she loved the Doors and Jim Morrison, and I loved the Doors, and especially Jim Morrison, because he basically said to everybody, F you. Oh, we're going to do our retrospective coming up next on the Rip and Read dedicated to entertainment as talk radio is always first and foremost entertaining if it's done the right way. Nobody told me that Sliwa, Talk Radio 77 WABC. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Sliwa. Curtis doesn't know about you, but he rips and reads. This is the Rip and Read. It would be untrue You know that I would be a liar If I was to say to you Girl, we couldn't get much higher Come on, baby, light my fire Come on, baby, light my fire Try to set the night on fire the time you hesitate is through. The time you wallow in the mire. Try now we can only lose. And our love become a funeral pyre. Come on, baby, light my fire. Come on, baby, light Without a doubt, the greatest of all time, the Doors and Jim Morrison, is such a short run. Justin Ellick, long before you were birthed, I think, wrong way, Lou Ruffino, you were alive. It's a hot, sweltering night, I'll never forget it, in July of 1967. As an eighth grader, SP class, Builder C Junior High School, my grades were plummeting because I was chasing skirts. And I remember a group of us, guys and gals, was smoking Marlboro Reds. Weren't smoking ragweed yet or oregano. That came later on. And we were listening to Allison Steele, the Nightbird, on Freeform Radio, WNEW, FM. I heard this song, Light My Fire, and it was life-changing. The band, Jim Morrison... All of us were like, wow, this is unbelievable. And then if you understand that in the course of just one year, that one year, 1967, when the Doors and Jim Morrison were first breaking out, they were playing at a high school in Connecticut that same year, And then with the opening act for Simon and Garfunkel, when this song, Light My Fire, came out. 
Now, we always hear about the prude Ed Sullivan who could make or break uh, careers. Jackie Mason's career was almost broken by Ed Sullivan. He enjoyed that. He relished in that. You remember the story of him and Elvis Presley performing Sunday night. I always loved Topo Gigio, the little Italian mouse who had like 68 appearances. And also his tussles with the Rolling Stones. I think at that time it was Brian Jones. Another one of the greats who died at 27, Brian Jones, who actually started the Rolling Stones. Did you know that, Justin Allen? That he created the Rolling Stones, Brian Jones? You had no idea. I bet you you did wrong way, Lou or Rafino. Most people don't know that. Died tragically on the bottom of a pool outside of his mansion. I think it was in Sussex, England. No autopsy at that time. Who knows? Who knows? Tremendous loss. But let's get back to Ed Sullivan, who enjoyed squeezing your coolions and destroying your career. So he tells Jim Morrison in the doors, he goes, you got to change the lyrics in Light My Fire from Girl, We Couldn't Get Much Higher to Girl, We Couldn't Get Much Better. And in the course of their performance, because remember, it was live, it wasn't taped. Jim Morrison tells his group, The Doors, F. Sullivan. We're singing it the way we wrote it and have sang it this past year. The crowd goes crazy. They refuse to change the lyrics. And Sullivan comes up to them and says, You'll never work again in this business. We had six further bookings for you guys. All of it's canceled. And you know what Jim Morrison said to Ed Sullivan? I love it. He gave him the finger. And he said, oh, hey, man. We just did the Sullivan show for the last time. Oh, man, that's my kind of guy. Right? Did Presley do that? Did the Stones do that? No, no, no. Then in late 1967, during a concert in New Haven, Connecticut, Morrison was arrested on stage in an indecency, they claimed, that added to his mystique and emphasized his rebellious image. Prior to the show, a police officer found Morrison and a woman in the showers backstage. Not recognizing the singer, the policeman ordered him to leave. To which Morrison mockingly replied, Eat me! Eat me! He was subsequently maced by the officer and the show was delayed. Once on stage, Jim Morrison told the concert goers in an obscenity-filled version of the incident. New Haven police arrested him for indecency and public obscenity, but the charges were later dropped. Morrison was the first rock and roll performer to be arrested on stage, following in the steps of the great comedian, Lenny Bruce. Loved it! That was an F you the second time. And then maybe the best Justin Ellick down in Miami. The concert was March 1st, 1969, at the Dinner Key Auditorium. And they claim that Jim Morrison sparked a riot by screaming, You want to see my schlong? 
And the crowd said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he had a stream of obscenities that were floating out of his mouth as he was entertaining. The crowd was raucous. They loved every second of it. Three days later, six warrants for his arrests were issued by the Dade County Public Safety Department for indecent exposure, amongst other accusations. Consequently, many of the Doors' scheduled concerts were canceled. On September 20th, 1970, Morrison was convicted of indecent exposure and profanity by a six-person jury in Miami after a 16-day trial. Oh, oh, oh. Morrison attended the October 30th sentencing in a wool jacket adorned with Indian designs. He silently listened as he was sentenced to six months in prison and had to pay a $500 fine. Morrison remained free on a $50,000 bond. At the sentencing, the judge told Morrison that he was a person graced with talent, admired by many of his peers. Why, oh why, was he doing this? And he respectfully, basically lip-synced the words to the judge, F you, and quietly walked out of the court. Prior to that 16-day trial for indecency, Jim uh, Morrison was the subject of maybe one of the largest rallies that have ever occurred in the state of Florida. DeSantis would have led it back then. You know, DeSantis would have been up there with the Morrow Brigade pounding against Jim Morrison in the doors. It was at the Orange Bowl. Pat, who was leading this, touting God, parents, patriotism, chastity, and brotherhood. The most popular entertainer in America on TV at that time, Jackie Gleason. That's right. Remember with the June Taylor dances? He was he was doing his variety show on the weekends. And joining him on the stage was Anita Bryan, Kate Smith, and the Letterman. They wanted Jim Morrison and the Doors banned in perpetuity from America. He was across the pond, concerts in London, in Paris, in Vienna. He was on a European tour, and they were trying to encourage the federal government. Then of Richard Nixon, who ironically had embraced uh, Elvis and made him a drug enforcement agent, the biggest druggie you had going. They wanted Richard Nixon and Spiro Agnew, the vice president, and Mitchell, the disgrazia attorney general, to ban Jim Morrison from ever coming back to the United States. Jim Morrison stood up to Richard Nixon. Agnew, Mitchell stood up. To Jackie Gleason, stood up to Anita Bryan, stood up to Kate Smith, stood up to the Letterman and said, there is something in America called free speech. And if you want to exile me to Europe, go for it. But as a military brag, having traveled the country as my father was assigned base to base, 
having seen this debacle of a Vietnam War in which uh, President Lyndon Johnson lied to us, lied to us, and now Richard Nixon is lying to us and lying to us. You want to exile me to Europe? So be it. And then it was determined after recording L.A. Woman with the Doors in Los Angeles that he would go to Paris. Not to live in exile, but just to take a brief sabbatical. And then tragically, right before Independence Day, July 4th, I remember that. I remember the announcement of the death of JFK. I remember the announcement of the death of John Lennon and Thurman Munson. But I will never forget the announcement right before our nation's birthday, 1971, July 3rd. Then Morrison was found dead in the bathtub in an apartment at approximately 6 a.m. Now, he was buried in Paris. Have you ever been to that graveyard? I have. And they claim that the body of Jim Morrison... Is buried deep in the ground underneath the crypt. I will tell you this, Justin Ellick. I will tell you this, wrong way, Lou Ruffino. That I believe that Jim Morrison is still alive. Still alive. He's out there with Elvis and Tupac Shakur. I don't know if they're at a burger stand along the Mississippi River in Memphis and New Orleans. But I love Jim Morrison and the Doors in an era that I was taught don't trust anybody over 30. This guy put everything on the line. Everything. Arrested. Fined. Told that he would be deported. Exiled out of America. And probably the best in honor of Jackie Mason whose whole career was almost single-handedly destroyed by Ed Sullivan. That Shanda. Jim Morrison said, F you, Ed Sullivan. What, do you think we need to be on the Sullivan Show? And if you ever knew Ed you had to say his first name. Couldn't it? Oh, let me, let me, great round of applause. Yeah, Jim Morrison. And I know many of you were saying, have you lost it, Sliwa? He was a radical. He was a rebel. But let me tell you something. He defied everybody equally. So on this day, in which he was birthed so many years ago, a military brat, a guy who emerged out of nowhere with no pedigree in music, no background, man. That was the best of times for me, and the memory lives on. So we dealt with John Lennon, we dealt with Jim Morrison, because talk radio is more than just Donald Trump is God and Biden sucks. Understand that. That's what makes for good talk radio. The Riff and Read, featuring Curtis Lewa, Talk Radio 77 WABC.
Talk Radio 77 WABC. Talking about this is the Riffin' Read featuring Curtis Lewa. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. Hey, like that, Justin and Alec. Headbangers ball, right? Pain by stereo mud. They scream out the pain, the pain. And the other day, well, in the morning as I'm on with um, Sid Rosenberg every uh, Monday through Friday, 7.05, I was, uh, actually, we were double-teaming Andrew Evilized Cuomo as he's attempting his political comeback like Lazarus from the Dead. And he listens out on an FM affiliate, WLIR, at his uh, Corleone compound with his brother Fredo in Southampton. And he must have cast the Malukia, the evil eye on me, because my tooth, my front tooth, came flying out. And I was on my hands and knees trying to find it. Finally did. But the pain was enormous. I'm telling you, the only thing more painful was... After the breakup of the Beatles, if you wanted to see John Lennon in concert, you had to listen to his wife, Yoko Ono, and that was painful. Oh, my God. What kind of drug back then could you take to numb the pain of listening to this uh, banshee just wailing, wailing? Is she giving birth there on the stage, natural birth? Enough, enough. Oh, God. I give it up. I, I, I give up all of my secrets. You got it. What the hell is that? What did he see in that, that banshee well? But anyway, I was in pain for two days without a front tooth. You can look at the Instagram posts. Everybody was uh, poking fun at me. In fact, I had to be self-deprecating. But then my dentist of all Dennis, who is a real fan of WABC, Dr. Gordon, Dennis in the Upper West Side, he's great. Went, I think, to Flushing High School, grown up listening to WABC when they were spinning stacks of wax and talk radio. He listens to all the shows. And he stayed late. And he basically had to do triage to get my freaking tooth back into my mouth. And he did it so that I'm able to speak to all of you without uh, looking like a stray hand for the rest of my life. Uh, so many thanks uh, to uh, Dr. Gordon. By the way, was very proud to attend that rally of 300,000 in Washington, D.C., Justin Alec, with his Israel and American flag that joined the 300,000 in support of the state of Israel after that pogrom, that attack by Hamas, not only the largest terrorist group uh, of Gaza, but also its ruling government. So uh, now I'll be able to uh, entertain you all weekend long when WABC stands for Always Broadcasting Curtis. From 12 midnight tonight to the break of dawn, so nice they let me do it twice from 12 midnight to 6 Sunday. Oh, you don't want to miss it.